Take a look behind the curtain with a real whistleblower and American patriot. Prepare to embrace the uncomfortable truth because this program has no time for comforting lies. Here is civil liberties enthusiast, Second Amendment defender, and recovering FBI agent, Kyle Serafin. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to The Kyle Serafin Show. Today is Monday. It's October the 16th. We're halfway through the month, and we are cruising. Many of you will be very shocked to know that we surprised, we survived, rather, the weekend. Man, that coffee needs to kick in, right? We survived the weekend, and we made it through Day of Jihad. I left the red up for you all. We made it through the Day of Jihad. What's that all about? Well, I think today's show is going to be illuminating. We've been kind of covering down on some of this information. Look, everybody is getting emotional. Everybody is getting triggered by all these different ideas. There's a, a, an enormous number of not just mainstream media organizations that are running headfirst into the Israel-Gaza conflict and giving you their hot takes, including beheaded babies, which doesn't sound like it actually happened. However, what I want you to be aware of is that there are multiple reasons why you should reserve judgment. Skepticism should be the position of the intelligent news consumer. And it's the way that I operate. It's the way that people who are involved in the investigative worlds operate. You can tell me the biggest sad story in the world. I've sat across the table from people telling me about how they were sexually assaulted and that all these horrible things happened to them. You listen compassionately. You take notes on the story, but you evaluate it skeptically. It's the only way that you're going to find out what the truth is. If you are immediately triggered, we talked about the amygdala last time, uh, last week. I recommend going back and hearing some of those shows because if you are emotionally involved in the outcome of the story, you will not get to the truth. And that's what we're most interested in here. We're interested in finding out what the truth is. And that sometimes means you're the last one at the party, but you're the most informed person at the party as well. And that's a good place to be. It is a good place to be in American politics right now because there is an awful lot happening. Today's episode is called The Head Fake because when I was speaking to my father, he reminded me when we were dealing in, uh, in uh, sports as a kid, one of the things you always try to do is you watch the belt line of your opponent. You can't go anywhere without your hips. You can't go anywhere without your waist. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. Um, let's go ahead and say thanks to our sponsor. Uh, today, we're going to do something a little different with Catholic Vote. Uh, I've got their coffee cup right here in front of me. In fact, it is caffeinating me as we speak. There it is. It just rolls all the way around the corner. Catholic Vote. There. Boop, 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 boop. Catholic Vote. Um, let's do a video from one of their sister companies. Catholic Vote has a number of different advocacy groups. One of them is called Edify, which I've recommended to you guys before. E-D-I-F-Y. This is one of their videos that was sent to me, actually not by Catholic Vote. Somebody else sent it to me. And it's very good. I recommend that we just sit here and watch this for a second. Let's take in the message of it. It's worth knowing why so many people are so sad. It actually ties in today's show as well. So we're going to play video number one as a thank you to Catholic Vote. I'm going to recommend that you check out Edify. It's Edify underscore US for their channel. Ryan, will you run that video for me? The average young person today is sad all the time. If everybody is anxious and depressed and suicidal, it seems to me that there's something broken. And this anything goes, do anything, say anything, believe anything society really isn't leading us to the happiness and fulfillment that it promised. So the best way that you can seek that happiness is to run in the other direction as fast and as far as you can. And today, living a countercultural, punk rock, rebellious lifestyle doesn't look like dyeing your hair purple or getting a bunch of tattoos. Get married. Have a ton of kids. Find faith in something bigger than yourself or the government, which is where everyone wants our worship to be today. But find faith in God as that's being attacked every single day. Seek out tradition in your religious experience. Try a Latin mass. What's the worst that could happen, right? 
just before we went live on Twitter, somebody was mentioning the fact that uh, Chris Ray, there's a video of him talking below. Uh, they were saying, what happens if the Latin mass parents start going to school board meetings? What happens when you cross the streams and you collide the two threats that the Spendables have uh, identified as FBI fear? You know what's funny about that video after watching it? The thing that was most eye-catching to me was that drunken little toddler. You guys ever watch a toddler run around? You want to talk about what's more punk rock right now? That would have been the most square thing in the world, being a parent and watching little kids run around. When I was a kid, the most punk rock thing was putting holes in your face and wild colors in your hair and spiking it up with glue. I saw the, like the OG punks in the uh, like Camden Market in London in the early 2000s when I was doing a study abroad over there. And I remember seeing him and being like, man, those people, like they're kind of threatening. Like, Look at that little guy. Look at the little guy. That's what my little guy looks like. He starts running. He face plants. They just, you know, they do funny things. They're like a drunk person that's not obnoxious. And they're so lovable. That's the most punk rock thing in the world right now is taking care of your kids. We had a couple of Seraphim family victories with my kiddos. I don't want to get too deep into it because I keep their lives private. But you know what? If you're not out there trying to meet somebody in your life and have some kids and and be the counterculture and be the revolution that is out that, that's capable this is the revolution. It's like having a garden. It's providing for yourself. It's being your own first responder. And we are looking for that so deeply right now. It's the scariest thing in the world to a deep state operation that wants you to rely on the government because families can rely on themselves for emotional support. They can re rely on themselves for, for, um, for the financial support. My spouse, if she had to, my wife could go to work if she had to. She doesn't, but she's got another backup plan. In fact, this is something that Elizabeth Warren used to write books about. She actually wrote a book called The Two Income Trap that showed that having two parents working is in fact a trap that you fall into where you are now subservient because now either one of you could lose a job and then both of you are screwed. It's really, really interesting how they've managed to co-opt everybody into a state of financial insecurity. We're going to talk about some of that a little bit later on as well, but just let it be known. They're head faking you into all this stuff. You're getting head faked into believing that you need something. So what is a head fake? I want to cover that. Not everybody is a sports person. Uh, anybody who knows me really well knows I love to make fun of what I call sports ball, which is every sporting event. I've been... Um, told that I would be thrown out of a sports bar sitting at a, at a counter one time where we were watching a football game and me and my buddy are sitting there and I go, oh man, um, I wonder how many goal units this team has to score. And he was like, yes, they have to march it down in order to be victorious, but I'm not sure how many points it takes to be triumphant. I talk like that because I think it's funny, but I grew up in a very sports household. We played everything. I was a swimmer, but I played baseball. Um, I poorly played basketball, but I understand the principles of it. I grew up playing soccer. Like many of you in the 80s, like my parents were running around to a dozen sporting events every single weekend. I don't know how they did it because I can't figure out how to do that with my kids right now. Maybe you guys are in the same same boat where you're like, how in the world did I grow up playing so many darn sports? Um, I know the analogies. And there's an analogy in almost every single ball sport of the head fake. It doesn't matter if you're playing soccer. They do it in, in hockey. They do something very similar. They do something in basketball. We're going to show a quick video of basketball for those of you that didn't grow up playing sports like I did and didn't have a dad that was a coach of every single thing, whether he knew how to play the sport or not. I always loved that like, my dad played uh, he played basketball, but he never played soccer. And he just applied his soccer mentality to to or his basketball mentality is soccer, and it worked really well. So here you go. Here's a head fake, and then I'm going to show you another thing in a combative sports. And all of these things are what's going on right now to you over this emotional triggering event. Let's do video number two. Let's rile that one up. And uh, folks, pay attention to what, what they're trying to get you to do. They're trying to make you commit to something. Today I'm going to show you how to master the head fake move. So the head fake is one of the best moves you can do. It's simple, but very good at getting defenders off their feet to free you up for a shot. Now the main key with the head fake 
it's all, it's all about the eyes and the hand, mostly about the eyes, but at the same time, all right? You can't have one or the other. You can't just look up and you can't just put your hand here. You have to be able to do both to trick the defense because what it's supposed to look like is you're going to pick up for your shot, but then you don't pick up because if I pick up here and I shoot, that's what, the def that's what the defender's waiting on. But instead I'm here, everything looks the same, but then I'm going. All right, so the idea of the head fake is that it makes you break and commit to something as a defender. That's us. We're the defenders right now. We are defending our own money. We're defending our own sanity. We're defending our own position in the world, okay? And the head fake has two pieces. It's a head look and it's a hand commit that makes it look like you're going to take a shot. So where's the look? The look is the media right now. The media is looking at everything. They are trying to direct your attention to one thing. They are trying to get you emotionally committed to something, right? That is the look. And the hand is government, our government agents. These are our government uh, representatives. We're going to show a video from Lindsey Graham, which will make you want to puke in your mouth. But Lindsey Graham wants to go nuke Iran, apparently. Why? Because they love war. None of them want to serve in war. And the ones that do say things that are completely illogical to you. But they do want you to commit to it and that we need to get behind it so that we can throw a bunch of money so that all their big donors that are in the military industrial complex can come out, you know, uh, extra, extra rich. <laughs> They want to make the, the billions on top of the billions they're already making. They want to do the same thing in the military industrial complex that we saw the pharmaceutical industry do in 2020 and 2021. Okay, here is another version of like a head fake. In boxing, it's called a feign. That's when you are going to show like you're going to do something, but you're going to do something else. I'm going to have a guy. This is a former uh, British Olympian. This is if you've never done any boxing before and you're thinking like, how do I get into some physical combative sports? There is nothing harder than becoming a boxer. You look at some of the fittest people in the world and they are boxers. I was not a boxer, but I love the idea of it. I had a heavy bag when I was living in New Mexico and I would go out and commit to it. And I watched videos from this guy, Tony Jeffries. He is on Rumble, so you can find him there. His lessons, they're free and he's outstanding because he breaks things down in such an easy way to go and understand it. I want to show you this. This is a shameless plug for someone that I love watching. We're going to start 34 seconds into this, just kind of give you a quick taste of who he is with his bona fides. And I want you to see what a feint looks like because it's the same idea. You want to roll uh, video number three right there, Ryan. My name's Tony Jeffries, Olympic medalist boxer, former undefeated professional, seven times national champion, European champion. Welcome to my YouTube channel. So, feinting with defeat, what is it? Basically, it is getting your opponent to think you're going to do one thing, but really, you're going to do another thing, which will make your opponent react, and it will make him do what you want him to do. And boxing is all about that. The best boxers is always one step ahead or two steps ahead of their opponent. Just like you see in a chess match, you always want to be one step ahead, two step ahead of your opponent. The same with boxing. And by mastering the feint, you really be able to master that. All right, so there it is right there. It makes perfect sense if you think about it. They want you to commit to something. They are looking to make you do something because then they can react to what they want you to be doing. And you are they're going to not commit to the action. You're going to commit to an action, a defensive move, and then you're going to open yourself up. So this happens in every sport. Like I said, it doesn't matter if it's combative sports. It doesn't matter if it's a ball sport. The only ones you don't really see this is in, uh, you know, like cross country and swimming. But even those, there are ways when you try to psych out your opponent into doing something or to committing to a path of action. Uh, think about runners. They'll want somebody like they'll go and hype it up like they're going to come out of the gate really fast. They want their opponent to burn themselves out. There are ways that you can commit and get your opponent, your enemy or the uh, the adversary to commit to something more aggressively than you were doing it. And you can take advantage of that commitment. This is what we're seeing happen right now, I think. 
and I'm going to just be skeptical. We don't need to get involved. That being said, there's some excellent comedy that can come out of all this stuff. And as we sit here and think, okay, what are they trying to get us to commit to? The uh, There's there's a, a comedian named Ryan Long who does a fantastic, probably the best three minutes that I've seen in the last month on any of the social media platforms and on any of the uh, video things. Because one, his, his comedy is pot, spot on. But two, think about if you're on the political left right now, this is the dilemma that they are facing. Because... It's not necessarily obvious what they are trying to get you to commit to. So let's play Ryan Long's video. I know this had Ryan uh, Matta in stitches all weekend. He was really, really into this, and we had to get this thing going. Ryan, you got this thing queued up so we can play it? Oh, I'm ready, man. I was gassing this up this morning, so everybody in my morning live stream knows this was coming. <laughs> okay, so this is really funny stuff, but here's the other thing. You have to understand that he plays different um, positions. He has a really fun thing that's called racist versus woke, where basically they're both saying the exact same thing. He does some very humorous analogies. So, folks, this is comedy. This is not like a literal thing. There is no person named Jack Hardy or John Hardy or whatever the actor's name is. But all that being said, I think it's teaching us a valuable lesson, and uh, once again... Two Ryans loving this one. So let's go ahead and send this video down the line without any further hype. It's been a few days now. I still haven't weighed in on Israel-Palestine. I honestly don't know who to post. Usually it's easy. BLM, bang, Ukraine, bang, COVID, bang. Hey, did you do your Israel-Palestine post yet? I've never missed a stand. So who'd you go with? I look at my phone, I see a lot of Republicans supporting Israel. So I go, maybe stay away from that. Then I see a lot of the people we've been calling Nazis supporting Palestine. But then get this, the people that we've been calling them Nazis with are happy Israel's getting attacked. Riddle me that. But there really is no easy answer here. Did you do your Israel-Palestine post yet? No. What's your manager think of that? I'm retired. Oh, you don't have representation right now? Obviously, I was at the front lines of getting mad at Kanye West when he was doing the anti-Semitism stuff. Everyone's thanking me for standing up for the Jewish community. So naturally, I'm seeing this happen. I go, okay, we're back with the Jews again. I see Kylie Jenner post for Israel. I think, okay, the word's in. Then boom, she's getting killed on every angle. So it's not Israel. So I start doing a bit more research. I'm seeing queers for Palestine. And generally, you want to be on the side of the queers. If you look at the things, you're not going to get in trouble if you go with what the queers are saying. Then Mia Khalifa, who we obviously support, is posting with the queers. And she's getting fired from her job. The whole reason I'm posting this is to get in better standing with my job. And by the way, I started to see that your silence is noted post popping up, so we're running out of fucking time. If you had to pick, who would you say? I would stay out of it like I told you. But if you kind of have to choose, which is sort of what a situation I feel like I find myself in. But you don't understand, I gotta post to support one of them. I know to you, it might be like, oh, who cares what he thinks. A buddy of mine booked a Geico commercial from his Ukraine TikTok, so it happens. Feels like we like decolonizing. What, what is decolonizing? Is that just like killing the people? That's literally what I was saying, man. Because normally it's pretty easy. This one's, I just want to post one of the flags and sort of be done with it. And it's tougher than you think. I'm getting yelled at if I post Palestine. I'm getting yelled at if I post Israel. It's starting to feel like, if anything, I'm the victim here. I'm looking on the internet. I see Jews for Palestine. I kid you not. Also, I'm watching the parades. We're talking Times Square. Between me and you, when I see a bunch of brown people having a parade, I think it's a pretty safe bet to be on their side. Never failed me before. I mean, people are probably texting each other right now, wondering where my statement is. Israel, though, probably, right? Yeah. For me, it's a little more complicated as a Gentile, you know what I'm saying? Maybe if I look at who's getting censored, that's a good place to look. Like, follow the YouTube warnings. And then I'm looking at UN women, thinking, you know, follow the sniz. Whatever the women say is usually pretty good. They're just posting random shit that has nothing to do with it. Trans lesbians are lesbians. Can I just go with that? Just like a random blanket post. Just be like, hey, lesbos, just so you know, lesbos with dongs are still lesbos. Stop avoiding the dong lesbos. I can't, I, I feel like it's the wrong move.
But you go in Israel or Palestine, you're thinking. No English. Oldest trick in the book, my friend. I wish I could do the same. Okay, so like if native people in America took down some girls at Coachella, I'd probably be like with the natives against me, right? Like that seems right. I can I can talk to my representation for you if you're Palestine's gotta have Jewish people there, right? Like Palestine, isn't that am I being messed with here? <laughs> is he being messed with because of palestine <laughs> i don't know i just die it kills me the idea of uh you got to go with the, the the lesbos with dongs are still lesbos there's something special about all that ryan are you good are you uh are you still conscious now are you breathing <laughs> i can't handle it man it's so funny it's so good you gotta you generally speaking you want to go with what the queers say if you're trying to do the current thing somebody in the chat was just saying uh yeah it's supporting the current thing listen Here's the problem, and I think that we are often given this. In 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 logic, it's referred to as the false dichotomy. You heard that one uh, before, Ryan? The false dichotomy? No, tell me. So a false dichotomy is when somebody falsely acts like there are two choices. And that's what Ryan Long is actually dealing with there in a very comical way. The false dichotomy says that you have to either support Palestine or you have to support Israel. That's a false dichotomy. There are more than two positions on the map. And so when you fall for the the fallacy of the false dichotomy, someone has presented you, they've simplified the choices in a way that is not real. That's not the way our world works, as many of you guys know. So for those of you that are sitting out in the chat and you're thinking about it, you go, why do I have to choose one or the other? I can support America. Ooh, wild card. Now you're outside of it. You're not falling for the head fake. You're not falling for the fame. You don't commit to any position, whether you're a Hollywood actor, which is funny, the whole idea of like your silence is deafening, the middle ground, which is actually the ground that most Americans and American politicians should definitely be holding on to is I support the United States. I don't want to waste our money in foreign wars. I don't want to send my sons and daughters into a conflict that we didn't start and we don't need to finish. Right. Israel has gotten over $100 billion in military aid, and they get an awful lot more of that, and they also get some very special treatment by the United States government. They have for a very long time. They can be a quote-unquote special friend of the United States and still be required to stand on their own in a conflict that involves you know, something within their own borders. This is essentially a civil conflict within theirs. It's going to get really ugly because it's based on religious lines. It's tugging at your heartstrings, and yet you don't have to commit. I've made the joke about uh, the way Republicans and Democrats function and the way that the American public watches, what you see is Republicans tend to play checkers, it seems like. Maybe they're playing chess. Either way, they're playing a board game. And Democrats are playing demolition derby. Like They're driving a car through the, uh, the park where everybody has a board set up and they're trying to be able to move their checkers or chess pieces around. If you're playing on something two-dimensional on a flat board and someone comes and drives a truck through and takes out the park bench you're working on, they're not playing the same game. They're into destroy it all. And so you could have a defensive position, which is that you are not interested in playing the board game at all. If you're not sitting in the park, you don't get run over by the truck. This is how you don't commit to this nonsense. It's ugly and it's sad. Here is an example of someone doing something that sounds okay. And we're going to break it down for one second. Will you play video number eight? I know we're skipping around here. This is Brian Mast. He's a Republican representative from the 21st district of Florida. I had a conversation with someone whose name you guys would recognize in a famous way. And, uh, you can't support this guy, but it looks pretty good right on the onset until you break it down. So let's play this video. It's only a few seconds long, folks. What's with your threads today? Can you tell us anything about this? Charlene's got her flag. I've got my uniform. All right. So you just heard what's with the threads today. There's Brian Mass, like I said, a Republican representative out of Florida. He's standing next to Tom Massey and his statement, his answer to why are you wearing an IDF uniform 
why are you wearing an IDF uniform in the halls of Congress for a foreign military? And his answer is Rashida Tlaib has her flag. She has the Palestinian flag outside of her office and he has his uniform. Really? We're going to wear foreign military uniforms in the halls of Congress. Should that not be a disqualifier? And is that a Republican position? It sounds okay because it sounds like he's standing with Israel. And that may be the thing that you decide you, you think you should be doing. But should you really be supporting your time in a foreign military? You've got a uniform there. Now, he's a combat veteran. He's a Purple Heart recipient, Bronze Star. So the guy has gone to war for the United States. And yet, is he really committed to the values that all of us sort of believe we're supposed to be seeing from Republicans? Because I don't think so. Let's go ahead and pull up this. This came from 2018. This goes back a little ways. But who is this Brian Mass? Let's do topic number three. Topic number three. Okay. I'm a Republican. I appreciate assault weapons. And I support a ban. Take a deep breath and just listen to that one more time. This is a an editorial page written in February of 2018, right after he was elected to Congress by Brian Mass. And he says he supports an assault weapons ban. Some of this stuff is going to really turn your head. Oh, we have the day of jihad color. Here we go. The most important and unregrettable time in my life was the 12 years I spent in the army. I became a bomb tech because I wanted to save lives. I nearly gave my own life for that. I lost both legs and a finger when a roadside bomb detonated beneath us. And I have known more heroes that I than uh, I can count who died defending others. Okay, that's a, that's a strong opening. He's establishing bona fides. When I was with others on the battlefield and we had a chance to save a life, we didn't have a meeting about it. We acted immediately. I never worried about becoming a casualty myself. Now, as a congressman, a, a uh, re Republican congressman from Florida, I don't fear becoming a political casualty either. If we act now by changing laws surrounding firearms and mental illness, we we too can save lives. You ready for this? How many of you people out there? I know some of you guys are gun guys and gals. Some of you know. I'm just going to throw this out there. I saw GOB was uh, was in the uh, in the mix as well. Here's here's what I want to know. Was anybody in the army running around with a 40 caliber pistol in Afghanistan? I don't think so. I've never heard of this. Maybe you guys know better. Put it in the chat. Put it in the comments. Actually, even better if you are. You can tweet it at me if you saw pictures of 40 caliber pistols. Here's what he said. Most nights in Afghanistan, I wielded an M4 carbine and a 40 caliber pistol. The total barrel length of my M4 was approximately 14 inches with a Trijicon ACOG sight, as well as an infrared laser. I usually carried 10 magazines stacked with 20 rounds of 5.56 millimeter ammunition each. That must ring really well for a New York Times crowd. Number one, the shorty ARs that people were carrying or the shorty M4s that were carried in Afghanistan were 14.5 inches, not approximately 14 inches. And if you cared about being very specific about the fact that you were carrying a Trijicon ACOG, wouldn't you want to say that? And a 40 caliber pistol? I don't think so. I think they were carrying 9mm pistols. That's it. A lot of guys were carrying locks over there that were in the special operations community. I don't think they were carrying 40 cal pistols. But I'm open to being wrong about that. He carried 10 magazines stacked with 20 rounds. Was he really? Did they have these 20-round magazines that they were running instead of the 30 that is normal? There are 20-round mags. I like them for some reasons. They make them lighter. But if you're going to carry 10, wouldn't you want to carry 30s? None of this stuff makes very much sense to me. This tells me this guy is, is trying to give details to give himself some credentials or some authenticity that doesn't ring true to people that know anything about guns. He said, I've fired tens of thousands of rounds through that rifle, many in combat. We used it because it was the most lethal for killing our enemies. I think a lot of people would disagree with you. That's why they use 30 caliber rounds. That's why the guys that were coming in in a lot of special operations unit were using 300 blackout because it puts a bigger hole in and it stops inside the body. 
This guy is just trying to make an argument. And why? Because Marjorie Stoneman, uh, the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas high school shooting in Parkland, Florida happened. And so he was going to go out there and campaign against assault weapons, quote unquote, assault weapons, a made up term, a political term um, to what? Gain some favor against for, for Democrats. Is he in that soft of a seat? I guess he is. He's out there in the same area, like just north of Palm Beach. He said he's a longtime member of the NRA. We all know the NRA hasn't really done much. The NRA should be teaching gun safety and keeping themselves out of a lot of it, but they suck. The NRA is pretty much useless when it comes to fighting any of the battles that we really care about, except getting people rich. They've been head faking us for a while. That's why Firearms Policy Coalition, Gun Owners of America. That's why my friend Stephen Stambalia is so important, because they actually do the lawfare that needs to be done. It says the AR-15 is an excellent platform for recreational shooters to learn to be outstanding marksmen. It's also an excellent platform for those who wish to kill the innocent. Um, all right. I guess. I mean... This guy, this is what he's out there making the uh, the argument about. And we have another article which was uh, written about this particular piece. This is topic number two, if you will. Jump back a little ways for me. There's a Florida paper. And what they did is this launched CBS going out and doing a, this big interview circuit where they brought a bunch of people who have survived different shootings. There was a guy who had survived Columbine. There were people that had been at the Las Vegas shooting. You'll be shocked to learn that the, uh, the folks that had made it through the Las Vegas shooting, who were country music fans and owned guns beforehand, still owned guns afterwards, right? They still owned guns afterwards because they were not going to be cowed into submission simply because some random so-called Republican, who is obviously not very conservative when it comes to defending the Constitution, specifically the Bill of Rights. I, I just don't get it. Like, But they're head faking you into an emotional appeal to get these things done. And this is part of the reason why they're trying to move people like Jim Jordan into the office. Jim Jordan has been an absolute, total, and utter letdown for the Suspendables. For those of you who watch our podcast and you know the Suspendables is the name that we give ourselves, it sort of started off as a joke. The New York Times, who we just quoted a second ago about assault weapons, was the group that called us um, the Suspendables in earnest, and so we've just taken it on as sort of a banner. When the, when the paper of record calls you the thing that you were joking about, maybe you move forward with that. Jim Jordan has failed us. I have been in contact with Jim Jordan's office since October of 2021, right after I went public, uh, or sorry, right after I brought information to my congresswoman, Yvette Harrell's office. And I have been told at several times that I am too politically hot for him to make a phone call to me. I've never spoken to Jim Jordan. I've spoken to his lower level staff, and they're all weak. And interestingly enough, let's bring up this tweet that just popped up the other day. Uh, this popped up, I think, yesterday, uh, number nine. Somebody in his office knows what a betrayal it is. For him to do this. They made some promises. They made some promises to us. They made some promises to the American people that they were going to hold a weaponization hearing, that they were going to do oversight, and they were actually going to hold the DOJ and the FBI accountable for the weaponization that's been going on against the American people. Many of you know what I'm talking about. I brought a lot of this stuff forward. It doesn't matter whether we are talking about militia violent extremists, the fact that they were criminalizing or they were uh, using it as an indicator of radicalization to have the Betsy Ross flag or the 1835 Gonzalez battle flag like Ted Cruz has on his boot. That was my group that exposed it. Okay. And if you don't know that and you're just joining our channel for the first time, we brought this to Congress. We don't just report on politics and give opinions here. We actually are directly involved in trying to expose malfeasance, malfeasance by the, the federal government and some of the things that have gone on at my former employer at the FBI. Here's the quote from this uh, Undead FOIA 3.0, Undead FOIA, at Undead FOIA on Twitter. It says, from an oversight staffer in D.C., quote, if Jim Jordan becomes speaker, it will be on the back of broken promises to whistleblowers he has betrayed. Whistleblowers expected the cavalry to come in this Congress. Instead, they were sold out for five minutes on Hannity, end quote. 
about 150,000 views so far. Man, if you can't get more accurate than this, this was sent to Jim Jordan's office by one of us. It was sent in an email yesterday saying, we're still waiting. Where's the bill that's going to reinstate Garrett O'Boyle and his family with back pay and Marcus Allen and his family with back pay? When is the bill coming that's going to make them whole, that you can put the Democrats on the line and make them decide whether or not they support actual families of actual Americans who actually care about their constitutional oath, who came forward in good faith to expose malfeasance? Where is that? Anywhere? No. Jim Jordan had faked us, right? He cared a whole bunch. They stood up a committee. Only in Washington, D.C. does having a committee and hearings stand in for real action. And you want to know how we knew it was going to be fake right from the beginning? Before you ever met Garrett O'Boyle, before you ever saw Steve Friend sit in front of Congress and testify, before you ever saw Marcus Allen go forward and speak the uh, the words and let these idiots know that, yeah, um, Marcus Marcus Allen, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten on Twitter is not his real name. That's not him. That's some random anonymous account. Before all that kind of clown show happened, they opened up the first hearing of the Weaponization Committee with non-whistleblowers. Thomas Baker, a guy who retired from the FBI after 33 years and was trying to sell a book. Don't care. Couldn't give a shit about what Thomas Baker has to say. You spent 33 years in an organization and now you want to come forward and say, well, it's not the organization I was in. How do you think it got that way, Tom Baker? Give me a break. They've got uh, FBI Barbie, Nicole Parker. She's out there. Why? Because she has uh, blonde hair and blue eyes. She got hired by Fox, by the way. They didn't hire Garrett O'Boyle to come in and give commentary about the things he knew about. They didn't hire Steve Friend, who lives down in Florida, where they could have put him in a studio on a regular basis. They do ask for Steve to come on and do free hits, and they're paying Nicole Parker. Nicole Parker, who texts with all the Fox News hosts. Fox News is dead because they brought Nicole Parker on. What did Nicole Parker blow the whistle on? Nothing. Zero things. She came out and wrote an article in Fox's online journal. And what did she say? Uh, I saw a bunch of things. I'm going to parrot the talking points of my friends, the suspendables. I'm going to say things that Kyle and Steve and Garrett have said. No real information. Just a lot of empty, vacuous promises and statements. Things that are not true on their face. I joined the FBI because of 9-11. That's the lady they hired, by the way. Nicole Parker joined the FBI 10 years after 9-11. She joined in 2012, apparently. Or 2010. She spent a whole decade thinking about 9-11 and then joined the FBI. It's absurd. That's like saying the proximate cause of me joining the military was the fact that 9-11 happened. I joined in 2009. A couple things happened instead of then. I actually came to some different conclusions. They may have been part of my motivation, but that's not the reason why I stepped in and put my hand up in the air and swore in and enlisted in the U.S. Air Force. So Nicole Parker, who has a millionaire husband who was in a hedge fund and spent a bunch more time working on Wall Street before she became an FBI agent, I'm sure it wasn't simply because of 9-11, but that's who they hired because they're all full of it because they are in the head fake world. They are trying to get you to commit to an emotional appeal with no facts, no information, nothing of value, and they're not providing any either. Jim Jordan did the same thing. Why not put Matt Gates in charge? Matt Gates seems to have some stones. He's been the only guy that showed up to the depositions. Wouldn't that be useful? Wouldn't it be nice if a Matt Gates, who seems to organize his thoughts and comes out there on the attack when we need to attack... The mechanisms of government, when we need to be pulling funding off, don't put Nicole Parker up there. Ugh, you just made all the suspendables puke in their mouth. There she is. That's a perfect Fox News host there. Fox News contributor, supposedly a paid position, supposedly like an $80,000 a year paid position. Isn't that nauseating? She left her job and got a lucrative gig at Fox working part-time getting phone calls. Screw her. 
Screw her. But all these people are trading on the legitimacy of the FBI. She's one of the few people that probably saw that you needed to get out and say that the FBI was illegitimate in order to get some legitimacy. So there's a couple of people that are trying to trade on that. How about the folks like my buddies who have given up everything they had, who gave up their their homes, who gave up their careers, who gave up their safety and their future, who financially are looking out there and going like, I don't even know what's going to come up next. Those guys. Are we hearing from them? No. We're hearing that Jim Jordan is going to be the speaker. This is probably just as good a time as any. Let's go ahead and take a quick break here and say thanks to uh, my buddy over at thesuspendables.com. This is Garrett O'Boyle's merch site. This is a free promo. We just do this because we love Garrett, because we want to give him something to do in his day because so he doesn't sit there and stew on the fact that he got screwed over by our federal government. Folks, you can go to the-suspendables.com. Check out the different merch options there. He's got some cool shirts. I'm wearing a bunch of them. Today is the one day when I'm doing the laundry and I'm not wearing them. Check out the Ranger panties if you want some freedom when you go for a run. Uh, nobody will ever not look at you when you are wearing those. Skies out, thighs out is the rule of the game. I like the one with the badge. There's also one with the Betsy Ross. Check out the, uh, the merch game. They are rolling out to you. And if you tag me on social media, I will share them. I'd love to do a, um, I'd love to do a suspendable of the week. You guys do a pose in your your merch. I think uh, Jenny Chang probably gets it because she's the best so far. But you guys tag me on this. We'll go out there and we'll boost it because we love you guys wearing the merch that Garrett's out there creating. And uh, we like the buzz. And you guys have been asking for it. So now there it is. Uh, we can also tell you, once again, if you want to go ahead and, and do one of the pins, this is the special deal. You can use promo code Kyle. My, my promo code is always the same. K-Y-L-E. This is the pin that we gave to Owen Schroyer, as was just mentioned in the chat. We gave Owen one of these pins. He put it on for his War Room show right after I was in studio with him. Use promo code Kyle. You're going to get three of them for 30 bucks, and you'll get free shipping. So it's just a flat cost to you. $30 gives you three pins. One for you, two for a friend. Friends who are suspendables as well. Go out there and support Garrett. We are we love him, and we need you to uh, to keep showing him that the, the American people really appreciate what he's willing to do. I don't think he's going to uh, bleach his hair blonde and put in blue contacts. So this is the other option, right? Um, The-suspendables.com. All right, so let's do that. Let's let's keep moving on. Let's keep moving on here because what are they what are they trying to get our attention on? We just they want Jim Jordan to be the speaker. You know my position. You guys can go back about a week and a half or two weeks ago. And what is the position? How about no one for speaker? Hashtag no one the number four speaker. There's a couple of downsides to that. The downside is is that Steve Baker won't be able to release more videos. Um, there's a possibility that uh, the Republicans are not getting briefings from the White House. People have been telling me this kind of stuff. But the upside is we start playing Demolition Derby as well. We take the head fake and we commit. We let them do it and we follow them along and we block the shot. And the shot looks like this. They can't spend any more of our money. They can't break any more of our things. They can't give a bunch of more money to Ukraine. They can't give any more money to Israel. They can't screw up our country any worse than they have. And the really important thing would be this. If the federal government shuts down, because we are under a continuing resolution right now, that's the funding mechanism. It is limited, and it's 30-something days before it's not going to be funded anymore. They will do a significant government shutdown. And you will all decide in real time, right when it happens, whether or not the federal government shutting down has anything to do with your life. You'll decide, based on your personal experience, whether the things that go on inside the federal government affect you at all. Funded or not, votes or not. And what you'll realize is the same thing that most people learned a long time ago when we didn't have the internet, when we didn't have 24-7 news coverage of everything. It actually doesn't affect you. The person in the White House, very little effect. Even though they suck and they're making us look bad on a world stage, the entire federal government, all the different departments under the cabinet, you won't even know. You will not 
even know what happens. The only people that are going to protect you from the real dangers in the world is you and your local police department, and your local sheriff's deputies. That's who does it. Not the federal government. The federal government is a joke. And it continues to be a joke. Let's listen to what uh, our, our old boss, Chris Ray, has to say about this, because he wants you to know on Friday afternoon, they were making a call about the so-called Jay of Jihad, and they were stating in unequivocal terms, I'm sorry, this was on Thursday afternoon, that there were no credible threats. And then suddenly, Chris Ray comes out and contradicts his executive assistant director of national security, Larissa, a.k.a. call me Larissa Knapp, who's a clown, who spent six years working in the FBI, and a bunch of them were out in the Virgin Islands doing white-collar fraud. Now she's in charge of our counterterrorism and our counterintelligence programs. Why? Because she's a somewhat pretty female, and she's very ambitious, and we need to have more females because the future is female, apparently, and the future is Muslim. Let's do uh, Chris Ray. This is video, I guess this is video 11, Ryan. Let's go ahead and play that video real quick about him telling you what the warning is right after his director of, his assistant director of national security said there is no real credible threat. Now they have credible threats, apparently, because they need you to be scared so that you vote it. So you vote for more government. Go ahead and do video 11, if you would. We remain committed to continue confronting those threats, both here in the United States and overseas. In this heightened environment, there's no question we're seeing an increase in reported threats, and we've got to be on the lookout, especially for lone actors who may take inspiration from recent events to commit violence of their own. So I'd encourage you to stay vigilant because as the first line of defense protecting our communities, you're often the first to see the signs that someone may be mobilizing to violence. I'd also ask you to continue sharing any intelligence or observations you may have. And on our end, we're committed to doing the same so that together we can safeguard our communities. There's literally nothing that he just said in all that 50 seconds of speaking. He basically just said, we don't know anything and you're local police officers and you're the first line of defense. So if you tell us stuff, then we'll know it. And here's some vague, useless, here's some vague, useless language to justify my position and my salary, $235,000 a year, a rounding error from his last salary, by the way, because he used to make over $9 million a year and he gets to fly around in our $60 million jet, right? That's the head fake. That's Chris Ray saying things that sound very much like um, a speech and a position, but his position is nothing. You can go back and review it. You can run the tape back and listen again. Nothing he said there is concrete or of value. There's no action. There's nothing tangible. There is no specifics. Chris Ray, as I have said to people who, when I was working for the Bureau, my dislike for him was immediate because it was obvious that he's like a high school football coach in a lifetime movie, a C-rate actor on a B-rate level. And what does he say? Things that don't matter. Hit hard. Tackle hard. Be good. Do the right thing in the right way. None of the things that Chris Ray says are of value. That's a lot of what our federal government is. It's pretending and posturing and using fancy words to act like they're doing something. They're head faking you into thinking that they care or that they have any value in your life. But you would find out right away if we shut down this government, they don't do anything. Fund your state government. Fund your local government. If people stop repairing the stoplights, you'll know. If people stop policing the, the speed traps that happen in your neighborhood, then people will get hit by cars. Bicyclists will get run off the road. If the FBI stops coming to work tomorrow, you won't know because they stopped coming to work in 2020. They started working one hour a week. They get paid for 50 hours a week and the FBI agents were coming to work one hour a week. Did you see any massive threats happen? No. 
What happened in 2020? Nothing. It was fine. They didn't come to work for a lot of that and 2021. And the people that were promoting those positions and were out there creating these policy decisions, they're all promoted. They're all at the top of the list right now. It's disgusting. Some of this is resonating with Robotech77, who just became a monthly supporter of our channel. Thanks for joining us. We do appreciate you guys coming in. Remember, you can always hit the follow button on the Rumble channel, and then after that, it'll give you the option to subscribe. It's like five bucks a month if you want to do it. I think that all comes to us. I actually don't know how it all works, but uh, it does show that you care about what we're doing. We really appreciate it. Also highlights you in red. If you're wondering, how in the world do I get highlighted red in the chat? That's how you do it. That's how you get highlighted red. <laughs> You become a subscriber. Um, we have two different versions, I guess. Follower means you, you're getting up updates and notifications. Subscriber means that you're actually uh, a financial contributor to the channel. And we do definitely appreciate the support. Uh, it's nominally the reason why we're able to continue what we're doing. And it's going to continue to be a bigger and bigger part of it. It's making us uncancelable. So we really appreciate you guys supporting this channel. If you're watching right now, there's a whole bunch of you out there. I see uh, well over... Looks like looks like close to 1,100 people watching live. Give us a thumbs up. Make sure it's, it turns green on Rumble. That means that you've given us the, the credit for watching, and we appreciate that. It does move us up in the rankings, and we're getting to be one of the more highly ranked podcasts that are going live in this time slot. And it's because of you guys. It really is. It's because of all of you guys. Let's um, let's keep figuring it out. What is it they're trying to fake us out of? Because the lib cause is almost always going to be outrage and emotion. And so they want you to just remember that whatever's going on with Hamas, whatever's going on with Israel, it's really your fault because of racism. As you guys well know, they're not going to take their eye off the ball in making it about you. They're going to all try to pivot this towards the 2024 election, saying that people who support whatever it is that they don't support, those people are evil. Let's bring up topic number five. The lib cause is racism. This is CNN. This is CNN's headline today. They had two headlines, and this is one of them. Justice Department opens federal hate crime investigation into fatal stabbing of six-year-old Palestinian-American boy. You guys probably heard about this. A 71-year-old landlord supposedly stabbed this kid and uh, and his mother, and this was apparently a hate crime, and they know this immediately, and we have the DOJ jumping into action right away. They've jumped into action. Can anyone tell me, where is the manifesto from the uh, trans chick that shot up the, uh, the Christian school? In Tennessee. Has anyone seen that? Nothing? Oh. How about the Seth Rich laptop? There's been FOIA requested that for a long time. He's been dead for quite a while. Can we get that? How about Hunter Biden? Is he being held accountable? Did they launch that? No. But they've announced that the Justice Department is going to be doing a federal hate crime investigation less than 24 hours after something happened. What do you want to bet that the facts turn on this one? That this is not the real story. You're going to find out there was some other big problem. It's always personal. It's never this. But hate crime, you're never going to see a retraction. CNN out there telling you what it is. You can read the article if you want. Go to CNN's main page, CNN.com, and you can see what they're about. You can see that they're all in on getting you emotionally committed to something. They are head faking you into a reaction. Because if people are evil and mean and the MAGA Trump supporters are willing to stab a young boy, and that is an atrocious, horrific crime. That is a terrible thing on every level. And it is somewhat, somewhat less terrible that CNN has decided to cover this as their front story. This is a local news story. This is not something that has national significance. They are trying to paint something that is not really happening. This is not a real problem in America. But there they are, letting you know in big, bold font, leading, leading the headlines for a Monday to kick off the news week. It stinks, and it doesn't, it doesn't have the air of authenticity. And what are they distracting you from? How about topic six? Let's pull that one up, because that's pretty gross. 
There's a whole bunch of this stuff. If you go to Red State, I'm a big fan of redstate.com. You can check this out. This is Joe Biden's latest speech, which uh, Bonshi, who's one of the uh, the, the lead uh, editors there and one of the major contributors, he says it's a buffet of senility. And Jill Biden had to come and rescue. Dr. Jill had to come and pull him off the stage because he was once again confused. What was he talking about? You can see in the background, if you're watching on the Rumble channel, he's got a blue background from the Human Rights Campaign. You guys know what that is? That's the pro-gay equal sign. It's all blue with a with a yellow equal sign. Some of you have no idea what it is. It's on your neighbor's cars, and you just thought it was an equal sign. You thought maybe they were a big fan of math or equivalency. No, they're looking for quote-unquote equality. And what he said was, is that the Islamophobia and the anti-Semitism, the two sort of things that are driving the Palestine and uh, Hamas debate that's going on, those are just the same as transphobia and homophobia and all hate is bad hate. Unless you hate MAGA supporters, right, Joe? Unless you hate MAGA. If you hate MAGA, then you're good because you might vote for a Joe Biden. It's absolutely nauseating and gross. They're getting your emotional levers pulled they are trying to tweak that amygdala and get a reaction that is non-logical. And then they're going to try to draw what we'd call a false equivalency. There is nothing There is nothing related to these topics. Some of these are age-old, ancient things. The idea that people hated the Jews. I don't know why they do, but that's it's been around forever. And the more you read about it, the more nauseating and weird it is. It's out there. People hate them. So be it. And when they rise up in that, and when we see more of it, what we see is a lot more tyranny and a lot more ugliness in the world. It's not a good sign, but it's a good barometer of nastiness. As far as like the people hating trans, trans anything, like that's a new phenomenon. Nobody cares. It's never been real. It was, it used to be the fringe back page of like hustler magazines and print in the eighties that you would find out that they were some sort of transsexual people. So bizarre. It's totally bizarre, but that's what that, that's what they want you to try to get away from. They want to hide you from this. Um, I think we've got, let's see, let's let's do a little take on this one because this is what they want to trigger you with. Video five, this is a march. This is concerning, but this is free speech. In America, we do believe in this sort of thing. It's worth noting that we should be aware of it. Let's do video five. This is from Dearborn, Michigan, supposedly. This is a, and these are all hard to fact check in real time, so you guys can let me know if this is not the case. But this, I believe this is a march going on in Dearborn, Michigan, uh, pro-Palestine. Go ahead and just run the, the thing. You can run it without uh, audio, honestly, Ryan. It doesn't really matter. We don't even need the audio for it. So there you go. That is a massive crowd punching through, supposedly in uh, Michigan. Does that sound like what Dearborn, Michigan is like to you, Ryan? You live in Michigan. I know you're not in Dearborn. You know, it's it's, it's really close to me. I'm only about 15 minutes from there, and they're, uh, they're very religious. It's the biggest um, Muslim community in the world, if I'm not mistaken. All right, so there you go. There's a big, there's a, uh, just a big parade supporting Palestine. You're allowed to do that in this country, even though we don't, it's not supporting our country, but you're allowed to have free speech. We should be encouraging that sort of thing. And then the flip side of it, is that they're keeping your eye off the ball. And what they are doing is the same stuff that we've been talking about for months and months. You saw some of it disappear from the wayside. They're going to try to keep it out of the news cycles because this is a winner for Republicans. It won for Glenn Youngkin in Virginia and will continue to be a winner. Telling your kids that they are racist, that is not a winning proposition for most parents. Let's watch video number six. This just came out. This is from um, Myth Informed MKE on Twitter. This was a good little clip. This is like, this could have made it on Libs at TikTok. Go ahead and throw this. This is a science teacher talking about her job as an anti-racist educator, which I love. Um, that you, it goes back to the curriculum, what you're talking about in the class and how to infuse um, issues around race and culture and class um, into the subject matter. And as a science teacher, I have to do that intentionally. And um, because I'm a person of color, I'm always looking at it from, a, from that lens anyway. 
So I'm going to incorporate that into the classroom. Right. So she needs to incorporate race into the classroom when she's teaching science to little kids. I think she was a fourth grade teacher, if my memory serves. So that seems really important. They are trying to keep you away from paying attention to the things that we know matter because they are losers for the Democrat Party, for the for the so-called libs, but the really what we would call progressive leftists. That's a loser for them. And they're still trying to push it along. Meanwhile, you've got another attack going on. This is John Oliver. He just did this the other day. John Oliver is a comedian. I don't know why people think that that's where they get their news. But uh, if you want your news with snarky takes, you can go to John Oliver, who used to be kind of funny, but he's so partisan and so full of hate right now that you get stories like this where they're just going to make fun of someone. Uh, first of all, I love this guy's beard. This guy has an awesome beard and mustache, and they're going to do an ugly they're going to do an ugly cut to make it look like he's the fool. Just listen to what they do want to care about. Listen to the reasons why it would be appropriate to do homeschooling. This is quite another head fake here. Let's try to watch this one up. This is video number 10, I believe. Is that right? Video number 10. Let's go ahead and cue and run that one. Pulling his kid out of school. I think the type of content on what they're teaching about sex or anal sex that my third grade daughter should not be in a classroom where a teacher or someone else is teaching her about that. And that was your experience in school? I threw through friends in other spots that had been kids at those ages because mine was only in first grade in we pulled Well, that sounds like total bullshit. Although I guess I do basically agree with him there. Things that are definitely not happening should continue not to happen. But the truth is, the homeschooling community is much broader than just right-wing parents afraid of hypothetical third-grade lube demonstrations. By one estimate, there are now around two million children being homeschooled in this country, and parents can choose that for all sorts of reasons. Maybe their kids have social or health problems or disabilities that aren't being accommodated. Maybe they're families with legitimate fears about school safety or who are in the military and move around a lot. And there's also a growing number of black parents opting to homeschool due to whitewashed curriculums and zero-tolerance policies in schools that disproportionately criminalise their kids at an early age. So there are lots of reasons to do it. And the fact is, for some kids, getting to be homeschooled can be genuinely transformative. At 15, Victoria asked her mom, Bernita, to take her out of Detroit schools. She says she was being bullied relentlessly for her appearance, and it didn't seem like her administrators cared. It made me not want to ask questions, you know, or not want to ask specific questions because I'm like, oh, am I like, they go going to call me dumb. When you transition right to homeschooling, how- So there you go. Um, Just remember, if you're a white person and you don't want your children sexualized at a young age, you notice how he made fun of the guy. He made fun of him by saying the following. He said, um, or the woman said, was that your experience? And he said, no, that's the experience of other parents that he said, maybe inarticulately. But he was saying other parents have reported this being a problem. So then you get John Oliver lampooning this guy and uh, and acting like he's some dumb rube. Do you really need to put your kid into a school to find out if that's what's going on? If people that are uh, older that are dealing with uh, kids that are in a grade that is more advanced than yours, tell you, hey, these are the warning signs. Do you need to go speeding through the stop sign and all the yellow lights and go up there and try to see if you can also run your edge off the edge of a bridge? No, you don't put your kid in that scenario. But that's not a legitimate reason. And what he actually says, and this is about a 25-minute segment. You guys can actually watch it if you want to get really uh, riled up about it. But this 25-minute segment about homeschooling, what he does is he makes fun of parents who take them out, unless they're black, because of whitewash curriculum, and for um, the idea that they are early criminalization of of these these black kids who are breaking rules that are acting out and not being behaved, that's apparently a big problem for you know not for the kids that are experiencing rule ruleless and lawless children, 
but it's a problem for the the ugly school system that is obviously going after black people because racism, right? We don't even have any explanation beyond that. And this woman, this young girl who was 15 years old and taken out, if you're listening on the audio, you didn't see it. She's about 315 pounds. She's enormous. She has shocking pink hair. She is incredibly unhealthy and she is going to live a very difficult life as a parent. I absolutely like my heart breaks for, for kids like this because the amount of trauma that it takes and bad examples and the difficult times that it takes to have a child that is that heavy. Yeah. I mean, one of the things, one of the functions of bullying has always been, it's not a good mechanism, but it's, it's been around for all of human history. We'll do an entire episode on shame at some point. Shame is a valuable tool and it causes people to make positive changes using a negative tool. Um, you use it all the time, whether you like it or not. Go, go and evaluate your life and how often you use the shame, whether it be with kids or with other adults. You use shame all the time. And the idea that you would be ashamed and make a positive change in your life, that is one of the possibilities. But then you also heard our video from Edify earlier on. The shame comes from not having a solid family unit and then kids go the wrong way. They don't have a good example. They have no good role models, so they're depressed. They're watching the internet. They're getting all these negative messages bombarding on them instead of the positivity of kids, family, faith, freedom, all the things we talk about that comes from Catholic votes uh, advocacy. It comes from the things that we care about in this. She's missed that boat. And so pulling her out of school might be a like a slight solution for her. But is it going to be the answer? No. This girl has an uphill battle at 15 years old. She is going to be fighting probably wait for the rest of her life. She's created a set point that is incredibly dangerous. But just remember, if you don't want anal sex being taught to your first grader because she hasn't made it to third grade yet where they're talking about it, you're the real problem. You're the rube. They're making these wars on things that are not related to the things that are really important to you. Parental rights, keeping U.S. dollars here, and then you got this. We don't want to go to war. We don't want to take our kids out of our system and plug them into somebody else's. Let's go ahead and see what your elected representatives. I told you this guy reminds me of like if you take castor oil and you were to lubricate like a turd. Here's Lindsey Graham, video number seven, saying something that's going to fully make you sick. I'm sorry I've done this. I've done Chris Ray and Lindsey Graham, two fake Republicans in the same show. But here we go. We got to play it. You got to know what he's out there advocating on behalf of. We're not going to play the whole thing, but go ahead and run the video seven for me, Ryan. Oh. What I would do is I would bomb Iran's oil infrastructure. The money financing terrorism comes from Iran. It's time for this terrorist state to pay a price for financing and supporting all this chaos. Yes, if you're the Iranians, if we're up to me, this war escalates, I'm coming after you. I think this is what I'm trying to clarify here because I, I, I'm wondering- Us and Israel, us and Israel. Us, the United States no, and no, Israel- No, I will be crystal clear. The United. Let me just let me just um, let me just understand you. Just to be clear, you're saying that you would want the United States and Israel to bomb Iran, even in the absence of direct evidence of their involvement in this attack. Yeah. So if there's an escalation, Abby, if there's people's throats being cut on television as Israel goes into Gaza and they're threatening to kill the hostages. If Hezbollah is unleashed on Israel in the north, it will be because Iran is supporting that. If you don't get the connection between Iran and this terrorist activity by Hamas and Hezbollah, you're missing a lot. This is a terrorist state that has American blood on its hands. It is now time to dismantle the financing system of terrorism if this war escalates. Yes, I would do a joint military operation. I tell the Iranians today, 
If the war escalates, you will pay a price. You will be out of the oil business. I want to be crystal clear on that. And there if we is, don't being crystal do clear. That, all right, that's good enough. That's all the Lindsey Graham we can handle at once. So Lindsey Graham, who's never served in the military, has no children to put in the military, wants to go into war because he wants to be crystal clear that we need to be spending a lot more money on the war financing effort. We need to be getting involved in something that we don't need to get involved in. They're head faking you into it. They're acting like it's an emotional thing. He sounds really tough. I saw a view in the chat calling him a tough guy. Uh, yeah, Lindsey Graham, a tough guy. I don't know if Lindsey Graham could take a single punch to the face. Certainly not by someone like Tony Jeffries, who was teaching you how a little bit of boxing there. It's pretty gross to watch these people that have no skin in the game and they have no reason to care and are never going to be the ones who deal with the consequences of the words that they, they say, trying to advocate for something. But they are doing it and you have to know that they're out there doing it. Otherwise, you're going to miss what, they are, what, uh, what they're trying to pull over on you. This is the feign. This is the uh, attempted get us involved. You get riled up. Yeah, flatten things. American military, rah, rah. Who's telling you to do that? Are they going to go out there and lead the front lines? Are they going to go George Washington on you and actually be a general on the field of battle in this situation? No. They're going to hang out in Congress and wear expensive suits and eat nice steaks and drink nice wine and, and try to get your kids killed. Your kids that are the problem because you homeschooled them because you cared about what they're about. It's out there. Let's do one more last video. This is from uh, Brian Mast. Uh, he just wants you to know if you want to know who these people are, anti-gun people and guys who are wearing a foreign military uniform you know, they support Jim Jordan. I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. My answer is abstain. That's why no one for speaker is still my call. Let's do uh, video number nine. Let's go ahead and bring this thing home, folks. Uh, yes, I'm supporting Representative Jordan. I think he has the, the best plan going forward uh, to, to this. I think also very importantly, and this is not a slight against Representative Scalise at all, but the, the country has a trust in, in Jim Jordan. People in my community and across the country have a trust in Jim Jordan. Uh, you know, I see representatives across the board constantly saying, well, look, uh, Jim Jordan supported this for these reasons. That's one of the reasons that you can trust that this is good policy. And if somebody has that kind of trust, I think that's one of the things that's needed to help uh, give the American people trust back into the, the system that is the House of Representatives and Congress, that it can move forward and do the right thing for the American people. Republican Congressman Brian Mast of Florida, we appreciate your time. Thank you. All right. I just got corrected in the chat. That's why we do this. Candace Fozar just said uh, Lindsey Graham joined the Air Force Reserves in 95 and served as a military lawyer for six years of active duty with the Air Force, five years in the South Carolina Air National Guard. I don't consider attorneys to, generally speaking, be anything involved in the real military. I don't think they know how to shoot. I don't think they know how to move. They don't know how to communicate. And they're not involved in the war effort in any meaningful way. I had one really nice attorney in the Air Force, and he did basically nothing for me. I don't know what his gig was, but he was an indoor dog. If you work in an air-conditioned office and that's your gig, you're a little different than what I think of when we talk about putting warheads on foreheads and going downrange and doing the mission. But I do appreciate the, the, the spot correction, and I will take that right there in real time. You want to fact check me, I will own it. Uh, I had not looked into. I just assumed that that weak face and that slimy disposition and the fact that he hasn't been outdoors and even been around the sun, it does suit someone who was an attorney uh, and, and did some reserve service as that. I will still have no respect for Lindsey Graham. I care not at all. Lindsey Graham is a weak man asking other people's children to go die. And I know he doesn't have any kids, at least uh, at least not that have, that have been uh, noted. Although I've seen an awful lot of weird things about him being um, involved with some prostitutes and things like that. So that's pretty gross. All right. I'm not going to get too riled up on Lindsey Graham, but he's not my favorite. Let me just say this. The most important thing that we're going to say today about the head fake. Brian Mass just said that his, his constituents support Jim Jordan. I know some of you do as well. Some of you support Jim Jordan 
in our chat that are watching us and you think, why not Jim Jordan? Let me just ask you this. What is the promise that he has made as speaker to you, the American people? None of them are bringing this to you. It's all done between closed doors. It's all negotiations that are happening with your representatives that you're never going to find out what the details were. It has absolutely nothing to do with the American people. And tell me one promise that Jordan has delivered on other than he's held some hearings. And now we know a few things. It's weak. It's fake. It is a head fake. Watch the belt buckle and see where he's moved. Nothing. He's moved nothing across the finish line. If you think that hearings are the goal, if that's the end result, you just want to know things, then you should join the FBI and become a counterintelligence agent. Like I despised where they say knowledge is what we are just striving for. We just want to know things. Good luck. That's not the way that we should operate as Americans. That's not the way that an operational group that people want to see some movement on the ground. So how about we take all of it out and we just abstain? Like I said, let's not play the checkers or the chess. Let's go for no one for speaker for a while and just be able to observe in your own life. How much does the federal government affect you? I think you'll be shocked and, and surprised to find out almost little, almost nothing is going to be changed in your life. It might even get better. You never know. You probably will have a few less knocks on the doors from the FBI trying to come after J6ers, which wouldn't be nothing in this world. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to The Kyle Serafin Show. We stream it live from Liberty Hill, Texas at 9.30 Eastern Time. That's 8.30 here in Texas, America. That's Central Time for those of you who don't know where Texas is, even though we dominate the southern half of this country. Uh, Let me just say, we're very, very appreciative for the lively chat, the fact checks in real time, and all of you engaging in the live chat on Rumble. If you're watching it anywhere else, if you're watching on X, if you're watching on Facebook, if you're watching on YouTube, you should come and join us on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. That is where we host it. That is where we live. That's where our biggest audience is. And that's where you can interact. And I will see you. I will see you typing at least most of the time. I want to say thanks for all the five-star reviews that we've had. We've had uh, over 750 of you guys that are pumping us up on Apple, which is where our biggest audio audience is. And I want to say this one goes to Rhonda Wrights from October 2nd. Learn something new every time. I always learn something new or how to think about a topic in a new way from Kyle's podcast. His concise, intelligent, and witty manner is fun and compelling to listen to. Steve and Garrett are wonderful fill-ins. Kyle's guest lineup is one no other podcaster would dare to talk to. Bravo and keep up the good work exposing the evil our government gets up to. They do indeed get up to evil. We really appreciate you, Rhonda. Uh, We do this for you guys. Somebody was just telling me, I think uh, Palumbria was in the chat saying that uh, he or she had gone back to like April of this year and watched some of the progression. That was actually when we first moved into this studio space here in Texas. And I'll tell you what, we've made some big changes. When Ryan found me, I was in a trailer. Isn't that what you tell him, Ryan? Oh yeah, man. That's exactly it. <laughs> I was sitting in a trailer in the in the mountains of Arizona with no air conditioning and no heating. This will be a much better winter for us this time when I'm not actually sitting there and freezing my butt off as I do the show. So thank you all for joining us. We really appreciate it. You can find us every weekday and uh, share this. If you like what you're hearing, if you think no one for speaker is your answer, you can find us on social media. It's at Kyle Serafin. You can follow Ryan Matta, who's our producer, at Ryan Matta Media on Twitter. And also follow Eric Jason, our fearless moderator, who keeps uh, the bots under control on our Rumble chat. He's at Eric Jason, common spelling, J-A-S-O-N. Follow Eric Jason on True Social. Give him a follow. He's a good guy, and he's been a loyal supporter of ours since right at the beginning when we launched it on here. We'll see you guys again tomorrow. I hope you have a safe day. Uh, keep your heads on a swivel out there because the day of jihad is not over, and Chris Ray just gave you a very vanilla milk toast warning about how many dangers are out there, and you never know. All right, we'll see you again. God bless y'all. Thanks for listening to The Kyle Serafin Show, streamed live Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays on rumble.com slash Serafin. Follow Kyle on Twitter and True Social at Kyle Serafin.